welcome to the Angry Degenerate Podcast. I am your angry degenerate, Michael Alexandre. And guess what, folks? This will be the first podcast that I do. I've been wanting to do a podcast for so long, and now I'm finally getting off my ass and doing it. And guess what we're going to cover today? We're going to cover the NFC West. I think we can all agree that the NFC West is going to be the hardest division in the NFL this year. Uh, if you look at what the, what Las Vegas has right now, they got the Rams at plus 175 to win the division, followed by the 49ers at plus 180 to win the division. Then you got the Seahawks at plus 275. I don't know if I necessarily agree that the Seahawks should be plus 275. I think people are reading a little too much into what's going on with Pete Carroll and Russell Wilson. And then, of course, we have the Arizona Cardinals at plus 600. I don't think anybody can really argue that the Arizona Cardinals are most likely, unless something crazy happens, is going to be the last place team in the NFC West. Um, But let's start it out. Let's start, you know what, let's start talking about the Los Angeles Rams. Um, you look at a team like the Los Angeles Rams, uh, they've been in the playoffs every damn year of the Sean McVay era. Think about that. Think about how crazy that is. A testament to Sean McVay and his work at quarterback is that he made Jared Goff look like a decent quarterback. Uh, in the NFL, he even led them to a Super Bowl, but even but even then, uh, led them to the Super Bowl, but has been in the playoffs with Jared Goff every damn year that he's been in the in NFL head coach. That's fucking impressive, if if you ask me. Um, but what's more impressive, or not necessarily more impressive? Uh, I think it's really interesting. How uh, the Rams, in 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 four years under Sean McVay, have lost five of their first eight games against the Niners. Obviously, you know the whole history, or maybe you don't, but the whole history behind Sean McVay, Kyle Shanahan. Uh, you know they worked together in Washington. They worked under Shanahan, Mike. Um, Kyle Shanahan's dad, uh, Mike, and which, by the way, they had that those Washington Redskins teams had Mike Shanahan as head coach, Sean McVay on the staff. They had um, the bearded boy, as they like to call him, on the Pat McAfee show in Green Bay, uh, and, and they had um, Kyle Shanahan on the staff. And those teams did not live up to their potential. But that, that that's a complete side note. Um, my opinion, I fully expect, expect the Los Angeles Rams uh, to win the division um, based off of the information that we have available to us. I mean, you look at the fact that they made the playoffs last season with Jared Goff and they just traded for Matthew Stafford. I mean, when you look at plus and minus... If you look at it in the sense of stocks, Matthew Stafford is miles 
miles better than Jared Goff. And I think you'll see that this year. I think Detroit's going to be pretty terrible, but that's a conversation for another day. But with the addition of Matthew Stafford, uh, they also added Deshaun Jackson, which I thought was a very interesting deal because their offense is already pretty stacked. Um, they have Higby at tight end, little injury prone. Um, just I know that because he was on my fantasy team and he kind of fucked me over. They lost Gerald Everett to, to Seattle, um, who, in my opinion, I actually think Gerald Everett might be even better than Higby, but that's just my opinion. But they got Matthew Stafford. They traded two first-round picks and a third plus Goff to get S- Stafford. Highway robbery. I mean, the Detroit Lions took that contract. Um, they traded away Brockers, Michael Brockers, um, their defensive end. Like I said, they they signed Deshaun Jackson. They lost Johnstone. Um, so there's a little ebbs and flows there. They lost some key pieces, but they gained the most key piece that I think is going to separate them, or not separate them, but will make them one of the best teams in the NFC, is they have a surefire quarterback, a guy that they can rely on, a guy that you know is going to go balls out. I mean, Matthew Stafford is one of the toughest quarterbacks in the game. He's not going to leave the game unless the injury is severe. And you can guarantee with with the wide receivers that they have at their disposal, with the tight end of Higby, um, I mean, you have Woods. Now they added Deshaun Jackson. I just don't see. I mean, I'm looking at their schedule. The Los Angeles Rams. I'm looking at their schedule here. They have five primetime games, which the 49ers also have five primetime games, and I believe the Seahawks have primetime games as well, five. These studio execs, you know, they're going to put their money behind teams that they think are going to be good. And chances are, you know, they looked at the NFC West and they're like, Jesus Christ, these first three teams are going to be absolutely legit. But I mean, you look at you look at the you look at the Rams and four of their first five games, the Rams are going to face teams that made the playoffs in 2020. That includes teams like the Bears, Colts, Buccaneers, Seahawks. Um, that's a tough murderer's row. I mean, I I don't know if you want to call the Bears a murderer's row. We'll see what they do with Justin Fields. I think, personally, the Bears should start Justin Fields. Why start that ginger fuck Andy Dalton? There's no reason to. There's absolutely no reason to start Andy Dalton, Bears fans. I mean... You need to see what Justin Fields has. But regardless of the point, I'm going to go under the assumption that Bears management is competent. And that's that's a stretch because they have Ryan Pace as GM, probably one of the worst GMs out there. Um, but I'm going to go and say that they have Justin Fields to start off that se- the season. And the Rams got a primetime game to start off the season against the Chicago Bears in L.A. Obviously, the NFL wants to be in that brand new stadium at SoFi Field. Um, then they go, I, I mean, you look at that. At home, Bears got to travel. Probably a rookie quarterback or Andy Dalton. You got to give the W to the Rams there. Then you got the next game. They go to. They travel to Indianapolis. 
that's going to be a great game because Indianapolis, they just got Carson Wentz. We don't know what Carson Wentz is going to look like, but the last time he looked good, he looked good under Frank Reich, who's the head coach of the Indianapolis Colts. The Indianapolis Colts, they don't get a lot of press coverage, but that team might be top five in the NFL in terms of chances to win the Super Bowl. I mean, in fact, <laughs> I actually have the odds in front of me here. Um, where are they listed? The Indianapolis Colts are listed as over under 10 wins. They are the 10th, they're 10th in line as a team to win the Super Bowl. I don't think I necessarily agree with that. <laughs> I think they got a better shot than the 49ers. I think they got a better shot than the Ravens. I even think they might have a better shot than the Packers. We don't know what's going to happen with Aaron Rodgers. But besides the point, that's going to be a tough task to go to Indianapolis and win that game. I think the Rams start the season 1-1. One and one. Then you got... Tom Brady and the Tampa Bay Buccaneers coming into SoFi. That's a tough one. Uh, that could go either way. Uh, we see how it is with these old quarterbacks. Tom was at the peak last year. And I'm not going to put it past him to play until he's 48, whatever the hell age you want to put it at. But you see with these quarterbacks, they just sometimes, they fall off the cliff. You look at Brett Favre, you look at Peyton Manning. They were... MVP candidates years before, the year before, you know, the they just fell. They just absolutely tanked. Father Time gets them all, and it might get Tom Brady. I don't think it'll be this season. And I'm not going to count out the Tampa Bay Buccaneers who, who, who got back their entire team, which is like the first time that has happened in history. Um... So with that being said, I got the Rams starting off 1-2. and two. I think the Bucks will beat them. Um, then you got another home game against Arizona. I got to think the Rams are going to win that game. You got at Seattle, which is always a tough game. Um, and, uh, I mean, suffice to say, it's pretty interesting. I'm going to go on another tangent here. It's suffice to say pretty interesting that all the teams in the NFC West run the goddamn same offense. The former Rams pass game coordinator slash tight ends coach Shane Walden is now the offensive coordinator in Seattle. So all these teams are just pretty much blowjobbing each other for each other's offenses. So, I mean, you look at that. Shane Waldron is the OC now in Seattle. Rams are going to Seattle. They know the Rams offense. I think the guy knows what Sean McVay runs. Uh, I mean, that's another toss-up game. You're going to Seattle where the fans are going to be wild. They haven't been in the damn stadium for well over a year. You know those that 12th man in Seattle is going to go all out against... Matthew Stafford and and the Los Angeles Rams. Those two those two teams have played pretty pivotal games against each other. Pretty close games. Um, the Rams' schedule is just pretty tough. The the beginning and then they go through like this lull in mid year 
where they played the New York Giants. I don't believe in Daniel Jones. Nobody should at this moment. Until you see it to believe it. Then they go to Detroit. Then they go to Houston. Then they play Detroit. Then they go to Houston. Then they play at home against Tennessee, which will be a tough trip for the Titans. And the Titans got a terrible defense. So I, don't, I, I just see the Rams beating them, to be honest, on that road trip as well. Then you go to at San Francisco on Monday Night Football, uh, right before the Rams' bye week. Um, those games are always toss-ups, but like I said, Kyle Shanahan has Sean, Sean McVay's number. So we shall see. Um, followed up the bye week, the Rams play the Green Bay Packers at Green Bay. So you got McVay preparing a week for Aaron Rodgers and the Packers. We'll see how that goes. Um, then you got another easy game for Jacksonville against Jacksonville. Then, uh, you know, the, their last uh, five games of the season are pretty tough. So you got kind of uh, an easy, a hard schedule in the beginning, a hard schedule at the end, kind of a lull in the middle. Um, they have week 14 against the Cardinals, week 15 against the Seahawks, um, week 16 at the Vikings, who I think are going to be much improved this year, in my opinion. Then you got week 17 at the Ravens. And then you got that key pivotal matchup against the 49ers week 18 at SoFi Stadium. Um, I think the crucial aspect here for the Rams is they need to key in on week 6 through 9, where they'll face the Giants, Lions, Texans, and Titans. I think they need to go either 4-0 or 3-1 in those games. Uh, I think they're going to beat Chicago. Uh, I think they'll probably split uh, the games against the 49ers. That just seems how... That's just kind of what I'm thinking. I don't see how they go to Minnesota and win, to be honest with you. I don't see how they go to Baltimore and win. Um, They're going to beat Jacksonville. I'm thinking they're going to sweep Arizona. Cliff Kingsbury can't coach himself out of a damn paper bag. The guy is a fucking terrible, terrible game manager. Terrible head coach. Couldn't win with Patrick Mahomes in at Texas Tech. Um, I think what might be crucial for for the Titans and uh, for the Rams and 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 people might think I'm crazy but you look at that because the game's in week 9 they're playing Tennessee Titans at home and everybody thinks of the Tennessee Titans as being this grand old organization their defense is not good they just lost Arthur Smith they lost some key members of their offense they still have Derrick Henry but and AJ Brown but they lost uh, they lost uh, Corey can't think of his damn name at the moment. It'll come back to me. Um, but he went to the Jets. Um, but I, I I, mean, I just don't see how the Rams... Uh, injuries pending are not going to win more than 10, 10 games. They're over-under to win is 10.5. I hit the over on that. I think they're going to be an 11-12 football... 11-12... Uh, T, uh, winning football team in terms of wins. I, I just don't see how 
they're going to flail here. Obviously, we thought we thought the same about the 49ers last year. Um, but uh, I'm I'm excited to see the Rams this season. I know that uh, I'm excited to see Aaron Donald. I mean, the guy's just an amazing specimen. Jalen Ramsey. They lost Johnstone, but their defense is stacked. They lost Brandon Staley to San Diego. So we'll see what kind of an effect that has because he really revamped that defense. Um, I I just don't see how the Rams don't win 12 games. So for this podcast and the purpose of this podcast, I'm going to go down the schedule and I'm going to say win, loss, win, and... If I'm looking at the schedule here, I got a W with Chicago. I got an L with Indianapolis. I got an L with Tampa Bay. I got a W with Arizona. I got an L with Seattle. I got a W with New York. W with Detroit. W with Houston. W with Tennessee. I got an L against the 49ers at Levi Stadium on Monday Night Football. Um, I got an L against the Pack. I got a W against Jacksonville. I got a W against Arizona. I got a W at SoFi Stadium against the Seahawks. I got an L against Minnesota. I got an L against Baltimore. And I got a W to end out the season against the 49ers. So if you tally all that up here, you got 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10. Wow, I actually have them at 10 wins. So that's, so I kind of going against what I just said earlier. But a lot of, I mean, at the, at the end of the day, we don't know what the fuck we're talking about right now in May. Um, a lot of these games could be toss-ups. I mean, the four, the, the Rams could easily beat the 49ers twice. The Rams could easily beat Seattle twice. The Rams could easily go 6-0 and in the division. The Rams could easily go into Green Bay and beat the Packers. Um, I'm look, So by looking at the schedule, I got 10 wins. I still think they're going to go above that. I think there's going to be some surprise wins here and there. I'm still thinking the Rams are going to be anywhere between 10 to 12 wins, which I think will give them first place in the division. That's just my opinion. Uh, I know I'm going to get hate from the 49er Empire or the 12th man. I don't even really fucking think Arizona really has fans if you really think about it. I don't think I've ever met an Arizona Cardinal fan. But regardless... I got the Rams with 10 wins. Anywhere between 10 to 12 wins. Lock it up. <laughs> Whatever that means. Now I'm going to move on to the Seattle Seahawks. Um, if you look at their schedule, they they got, like I said, five primetime games. Um, they went through the entire ringer this offseason with Team Russell Wilson saying that he's unhappy with... What's going on in Seattle? Uh, he claims that, you know, Pete Carroll is not doing enough to help uh, his team. He looks at guys like a Tom Brady who gets all the help he needs. And 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 he 
It, which, side tangent, I think is complete bullshit. I think they have done more than enough. They've brought in so many offensive pieces. Uh, that and, and you know what? It just didn't work out. They brought in Percy Harvin. That didn't work out. They brought in Josh Gordon. That didn't work out. They've made moves to help. They brought in Marshawn Lynch to help out. It, the moves just haven't worked out. You could blame John Snyder. You could blame Pete Carroll. I don't know who you want to blame. But I think this whole narrative that uh, Russell Wilson's not getting help is bullshit. Um, now, he does have a case with the offensive line. The guy's always running after his life, it seems like, every damn year. But uh, it looks like they went out in the offseason this year, the Seattle Seahawks. Who, by the way, in Vegas, over-under is 9.5 wins, is what Vegas is predicting. 9.5 wins. They have Rams at 10.5. They have the 49ers at 10.5. And and they have the Rams, uh, Seattle, at 9.5. So, Vegas thinks the Rams are going to finish in third. Uh, Seattle's going to finish in third. We shall see. I'm going to do my breakdown here. Um... But let's go a little bit more into the Seattle Seahawks. Um, like I said, uh, they have so they have five primetime games similar to the 49ers and Rams. They have double-digit victories in eight of the past nine seasons. Um, uh, aside from the opening with a pair of 2020 playoff teams from the AFC South, like the Indianapolis Colts and the Tennessee Titans... The Seahawks will also have to deal with five Super Bowl contenders in a six-week span, starting with a tough road game against the 49ers in Week 4. And then uh, they'll go go, um, at Rams, or they'll play at home against the Rams. And then they'll play at Pittsburgh. Then they go at home against New Orleans. So you got a, a, a schedule here. Their first four, five, seven games here is Indianapolis, Tennessee, Minnesota, 49ers, Rams, Pittsburgh, New Orleans. That's fucking tough, man. That is tough. They got three primetime games in that time span. The primetime games are against the New Orleans Saints, at Pittsburgh, and against the Rams at SoFi. That first... Those first seven games are tough. And say what you want about New Orleans. They still are the New Orleans Saints until I say see otherwise. They don't have Drew Brees. But who's to fucking say that Jameis Winston and Taysom Hill is not going to be better than old man Drew Brees who looked like he couldn't even throw a ball past five yards last year. I mean, they totally schemed up that offense from him. You look at his stats, they look fucking fantastic. But Drew Brees did not pass the eyeball test last year. So who's to fucking say Jameis Winston's not going to be 20 times better. I mean, that's a joke, but who's who's going to say that he's not going to be better than Drew Brees was last year? Um, um, so Seattle has a really hard schedule to start the season. Uh, but what, you know, when I was looking at this, though, um, when you look at the game against Minnesota in Week 3 at Minnesota, Pete Carroll has never lost to the Vikings as Seattle Seahawks head coach. 7-0. Say what you want. That's pretty fucking impressive. Um, Pete, Pete Carroll and Russell Wilson 
eight of the last nine, eight of the nine seasons they've had double digit wins. That track record is impeccable. So when they had this entire off season situation with, you know, Russell pissed at Team Pete and Team Pete not really commenting, you know, not wanting to way, you know, ruffle the feathers. <laughs> if you're a Seattle Seahawks fan at the moment, who are you? Whose camp are you in? If, if if I'm if I'm up front, I fucking hate Seattle. I think they have a bunch of bandwagon piece of shit fans. I think though their fans did not exist prior to uh, the Legion of of Boom Doom, whatever the fuck you want to call them. Yeah, you had your Sean Alexander. Yeah, you had your Matt Hasselbeck. But nobody gave a fuck about the Seahawks then, man. This whole twelfth man thing just recently popped up, which by the way they stole. From Texas A&M. Don't at me Seahawks fans. Fucking fake fan base. Um, but regardless of my trials and tribulations against the Seahawks. I got to call a spade for a spade. And they've been the head honcho of this division. Pretty much for the last 8 to 9 years. And you can directly correlate that with Pete Carroll being hired. And Russell Wilson being their quarterback. Now, if you're a Seahawks, Seattle Seahawks fan, whose camp are you in? Hard to fucking tell. Um, this is a quarterback league. Pete Carroll's about to turn 70, even though he looks like he's 50. If I'm a Seahawks fan, I'm going on. I'm going for Team uh, Russell. Um, the way Russell Wilson takes care of his body, you could see him being the Seattle Seahawks quarterback for the next 10 years. I don't necessarily think you can see Pete Carroll being that quarterback, being that head coach for the next 10 years. And and I think Russell had has some issues, obviously, there. I think he has issues with Pete. I, I don't think Pete Carroll answers to anybody in that front office. You think Pete Carroll answers to John Snyder? <laughs> Please, man. Pete Carroll answers to Pete Carroll. Um, and and I can see when it happened with Brady and it happened with Belichick. Obviously, Brady and Belichick, they won five Super Bowls. Russell only won one. And I'm sure that pisses him off. But what happened in New England? They sided with the head coach. Look what happened. They bottomed out. They were terrible last year. You don't want that same thing to happen in Seattle because for far too long, that Seattle Seahawks franchise was not a very good franchise. You look at those teams in the 70s, 80s, 90s. There was some teams when they were, I believe they were in the AF, AFC West at the time uh, in the Raiders division. And I believe they made some title games they did at the top of my head I'm not going to tell you at the moment but there was a lull there 80s 90s who the fuck cared about Seattle and their football product Goddamn nobody the only time people cared about Seattle and their fucking product was when Bryant Bosworth got run over by Bo Jackson Fan base is a joke. But regardless, the modern-day Seattle Seahawks are a heck of a franchise. And when I look down this schedule, and I'm going to break it down, 
Um, actually, before I break it down, let me look at some of their offseason moves. Which, they got a new OC tied to Sean McVay. It's a very good thing because I don't think the Seahawks have done very good against Sean McVay in the last couple of years. Um, they re-signed Lockett to a big deal. So you got DK Metcalf and Lockett. Um, those are going to be your cornerstones of the franchise. Why? So so that narrative that Russell Wilson doesn't have anybody to throw to or he doesn't have help, it's complete hogwash bullshit. He has two of the best wide receivers in the game, guys. Lockett, who doesn't get enough credit because of DK Metcalf. And remember, they also had Doug Baldwin way back when. Another tangent, I apologize. They signed Akella Weatherspoon from the 49ers. <laughs> Knowing the 49ers' luck, like they had with DJ Reed, Akella Weatherspoon is gonna go to the is gonna go to the Seahawks and tear it the fuck up. Um, we shall see. Um, he fits the profile of a Seattle Seahawks. Uh, as a member of the Seattle Seahawks secondary, he fits the profile. Um, they got Gerald Everett from the Rams, which I think is going to be a low-key signing. They needed help at tight end, and I think Gerald Everett is primed for a breakout. They traded for Gabe Jackson from the Raiders, and anybody who fucking knows who I am, I always go off on the Raiders for their offseason moves. This one was one of them. The Raiders should have not got rid of Gabe Jackson, and I know Gabe Jackson won it out. I know he wanted out, so maybe they needed to trade it, trade him anyway. But Gabe Jackson has been a pretty legit NFL offensive lineman for the past five years. One key strong point of that Raiders team that I hate on so much has been their offensive line. And the Seattle Seahawks just got a member of the Raiders offensive line, Gabe Jackson. They signed another 49er, Kerry Hyder, who had a career year last year. I think he had eight and a half sacks or something. Look, this show, we're not going to do that much research. Just putting it out there. They signed Alden Smith, who immediately got in trouble. Another 49er. They re-signed Carlos Dunlap, who was fantastic last year with the Seahawks. They lost Shaquille Griffin, and then they still have Jamal Adams, who... They traded a lot for, and they need to re-sign, or that trade is going to look abysmal. They traded a lot for him. <laughs> for a safety? I, I always thought that. I thought that was a very interesting move. I think if you... Sorry. I think if you look at that move right now, I think it looks bad. Um, simply because he was injured last year. Um he obviously played well when he was in the lineup. The team looked like night and day, but he needs to stay healthy. So the Seahawks just pretty much picked the 49ers uh, uh, free agents. I mean, well, two. Kelly Weatherspoon and and and, uh, and Kerry Hyder. They signed a former 49er, Nalden Smith. We'll see if he even fucking plays a down. The guy's a lunatic. Raider fans can tell you that. Niner fans can tell you that. People that went to his parties in San Jose can tell you that. The guy's a fucking lunatic. Um, 
Suffice to say, they made some pretty good offseason moves, in my opinion. Uh, I think Akilah Weatherspoon's going to be pretty good for them. I think Everett's going to be really good for them. I think Gabe Jackson's going to be good with for them. I think Kerry Hyder is going to be good for them. We'll see what they get out of Alden Smith. He started off the year really hot with the Cowboys last year and kind of tailor, t- tailored off. Uh, we'll see. Carlos Dunlap, if he plays at the same level. You could see, and then you add... Jamal uh, Jamal Adams into this. You could see the Seattle Seahawks defense pre- being pretty nasty. Um, but let's go through their schedule. They start the season at Indianapolis. I'm going to put that at... Keep in mind, over-under is 9.5 wins, folks, in Vegas. So let's go through their schedule. I got an L against Indianapolis at Indianapolis. Uh, I got a W at Tennessee just because I don't actually it's the w at seattle against tennessee i just don't think the titans are going to be as great this year they play in an easy division so they might get into the postseason that way but i just don't think they're going to be that great of a football team at minnesota pete carroll's been seven and zero against the vikings it'll be eight no that's a w at the 49ers um in week four i'm gonna say that's an L. They start the season off two and two. Um, they go to the Rams. I'm gonna say that is a L. They go to at Pittsburgh. I'm gonna say that's an L. Uh, they New Orleans at home. That's a W. Jacksonville at home. That's a W. Then they got a buy. Then they go to Green Bay. That's an L in my opinion. Um, at, then they play at home against Arizona. That's a W. At Washington in November. That might be tough. That's an L. Um, December 5th in Seattle against the 49ers on Sunday Night Football. That will be a W for Seattle. At Houston, W. At Los Angeles, um, let's say that's a W against Chicago in Seattle, W, you got Detroit, W, and then I'm going to say at the end of the season, they lose against Arizona. So let's go through this schedule. We got one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten. We got ten wins for the uh, Seattle Seahawks, which is about the same amount of wins that I predicted for the Rams. So 10 wins for the Rams, 10 wins for the Seattle Seahawks. But like I said, I think any of these teams, the Rams, 49ers, and um, Seahawks will finish anywhere with 10 to 12 wins. Like I said, we're in fucking May. I don't know what the fuck I'm talking about right now. Anything can fucking happen. In training camp, somebody could get injured. In preseason, somebody can get injured. In rookie mini camp, somebody can go down. You just don't know. Uh, but that's what I got for the Seattle Seahawks. Let's move on to the San Francisco 49ers. Um, the San Francisco 49ers are plus 180 to win the division. Um, they are at plus some minus 10 and a half in Vegas for wins. Um, 
the 49ers, if you look at their schedule, they actually have a pretty easy schedule. Um, some of the negatives is they have an early bye, plus they have the most traveled miles in the NFL. They're traveling to some, they're traveling a lot to the East Coast, um, which, you know, it, you look at the teams that they'll be playing, you say, ah, well, that's an easy team. But the travel miles hurt. They it, it just puts a strain on the team. Anybody will tell you that. Have you ever been on a flight uh, on a red eye to from here to from California all the way to Florida, or from California to New York, or from California to New Orleans? Those things are terrible. You need a fucking day to recover. Imagine these football players doing this with injuries. Uh, four, five, six times during the season. It's going to be tough. Plus, they got this weird Thursday night game against the Titans where they got to travel to Tennessee on a short week. I think that's going to be tough. They got five primetime games. But when you look at purely their opponents, that, it's a pretty cake schedule for the 49ers. Um, now... Let's go into. Let's go real quick and let's just get it over with and go into the schedule here. Um, they start the season two games away uh, at Detroit and at Philadelphia. They'll probably have. They'll probably won't come all the way back to San Francisco. They'll probably lay over in Youngstown, Ohio, which is what they've done um, a few times during the Kyle Shanahan era uh, when they've had uh, home game uh, away games to start the season in the East Coast. But you look at these this Detroit team and this Philly team, it's two teams that are in disarray. I don't necessarily think Detroit's in disarray. I think they're just completely rebuilding. Um, I think Philadelphia's in disarray. I think uh, you, when you file, fi- trade your franchise quarterback, you fire your quarter, your head coach that won you your only Super Bowl, um, I think you got an owner that has issues. Jeffrey Lurie has issues he got a head coach that he can control and that's what he got um and and we'll see how that goes but if you look at the 49ers uh schedule here their first two games in theory at Detroit and at Philadelphia should be W's they should be um obviously the 49ers have a history of injury problems we shall see um I'd imagine Jimmy Garoppolo will most likely be the starting quarterback to start the season. Um, obviously, the 49ers traded a King's Ransom to get Trey Lance. I don't think you can trade a King's r- Ransom for Trey Lance and sit him. I don't... Oh, and sit him the entire season. I don't think that will happen. You will see... And everyone that watches Jimmy fucking Garoppolo knows that the guy is very turnover-prone and very injury-prone. The best ability is availability. And I got no problems with Jimmy Garoppolo. Jimmy Garoppolo is a fine NFL quarterback. You could rank him anywhere from 13 probably to 18 in terms of the hierarchy of NFL quarterbacks when he is healthy. Key term, when he is healthy. The guy is never healthy. So when he... There could be a possibility where he gets injured... There could be a possibility where he has a two or the three interception game, and you're going to see the pressure mounting. You're going to see the fans call out for Trey Lance. But 
to the other side of the token, the one year Jimmy Garoppolo was healthy, they went to the Super Bowl. Now, am I am I thinking he's going to be healthy this year? I don't know. I cannot predict the future. But if they if he is healthy and he plays admir admirably, I can't fucking talk. Um, you could see the 49ers starting off this season hot. And then there's a decision to make. And that's a decision that can make or break Kyle Shanahan and John Lynch's tenure with the 49ers. Because, I mean, if you look at their schedule here, Detroit and Philly, those look like W's to me. Then you play at home against Green Bay. The 49ers have a very good track record against the Green Bay Packers. It's still Green Bay. It's still Aaron Rodgers. It is a team in turmoil. Cannot count out the they were just they've been what to two or three straight NFC title games I mean I'm going to say that the 49ers beat um that Green Bay Packers team um I'm going to say that the next week October 3rd at home that they beat Seattle as well um now we got week five against Arizona which is notoriously a team that plays the 49ers tough I'm calling an upset here I think Arizona will beat the 49ers here I think the 49ers will go into their bye week four and one like I said they have an early bye week and then that is the time that Kyle Shanahan and that team is going to have to come to a decision are we going to start Trey Lance Week 7 coming off a bye against Indianapolis. If my projections are accurate, and they most likely will be not, unless Jimmy struggles, I'm thinking they still go with Jimmy. Um, I'm going to say that they lose against the Indi- Indianapolis Colts off a bye. I know that they're going to have time to prepare. But I think that Indianapolis Colts team is just a going to be a juggernaut this season. I think they're strong defensively. I think that, I think Carson Wentz is going to have a bounce back year. Um, and then we'll just see. We'll just see what will happen. Um, week 8. Now, we don't know if Trey Lance will be playing at this time. But isn't that going to be a story? Trey Lance versus potentially Justin Fields at Soldier Field. Woo-wee! Then we'll get to see all these mock draft pundits. uh, Which, by the way, I think mock drafts are the fucking dumbest thing on the fucking planet. You got little kids on TikTok thinking that they fucking know what the fuck is going on in the offseason and what these teams are thinking about. And you have stupid reporters thinking that the teams are actually feeding them correct information. Give me a fucking break, man. But you know what? It fucking sells. Because the NFL prints cash. People love the NFL product. Um, But suffice to say, at Chicago, on Halloween, that's going to be a tough game, man. Uh, I'm going to say that the 49ers pull out that W there. Then they pull out a W next week at home against Arizona. Then they pull out another W against the Rams. Then they pull out another W at Jacksonville. I think they lose at home against Minnesota. And then you're going to say, well, why do you think they're going to lose at home against Minnesota? 
Because I think they're gonna. I think Minnesota is gonna be a pretty damn good football team this year. I think they're gonna be pretty decent. Um, I think a lot of people shit on Kirk Cousins. Yeah, I understand why they shit on him. He doesn't have a very good prime time record. Yeah, he doesn't have a very good postseason track record. But the guy constantly. I think the teams always lose despite of him. Um, last year, that Minnesota offense was humming. Their defense was abysmal. Um, regardless, I think they're going to lose against Seattle. Uh, at Seattle. I think they'll beat Cincinnati. Um, I think they will beat Atlanta. I think they will lose to Tennessee at Tennessee. Uh... I think they will beat Houston, who I think will be a pretty fucking pathetic football team this year, and they deserve it. Um, not only with what's been happening with Deshaun Watson, he's to blame for everything that's been... Well, he's he's to blame for his own doing about forcing a trade, which I agreed with him at the time. They have not done enough. Plus, their owner is a fucking racist lunatic to come along and also to 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 go along with their Jesus freak fucking general manager who doesn't even have a history of personnel work uh, that organization is just in fucking disarray when i look at some of these organizations around the NFL i just wonder what the fuck man you have billionaire billionaire owners who don't know what the fuck they are doing. These are billionaires, the cream of the crop of society, who don't know what the fuck they are doing. Give me a billion dollars. I will run that franchise way better than you are doing. Side topic. <laughs> and then I think they end the year against the Rams with an L. I think... I think... Uh, we... So, if I'm tabulating this... 49ers start off the season 4-1, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, 11. I got 11 wins for the 49ers. So I got 11 wins for the 49ers, who by far have the easiest schedule compared to the Rams and compared to Seattle. Um, I got 10 wins for the Rams. I got 10 wins for Seattle. But like I said, folks, I think any of these teams, these three teams, We'll finish anywhere between 10 and 12 wins. I don't know what the fuck I'm talking about. It's fucking May. I'm just recording a fucking podcast to have something to fucking do and to talk about. Um, but, I mean, you you look at this 49ers schedule. You can easily see the 49ers losing to Atlanta. I could easily see the 49ers um, uh, losing to Chicago. I could easily see the 49ers losing to Green Bay. I could easily see the 49ers losing twice to Seattle. Um, Divisional matchups are just very hard to predict. Um, But I'm right within the wheelhouse for these three teams. I think they will all, all three of them, finish between 10 and 12 wins. Right now, got the 49ers with 11 wins. Seattle with 10 and the Rams with 10. Now let's cap this off, because I know I'm running a little bit over here. Let's cap this uh, NFC West preview with the Arizona Cardinals. Now what can I say about the Arizona Cardinals besides the fact that, you know what? Say what you want about them. 
But they've went into this offseason looking to win. They signed A.J. Green. They signed Malcolm Butler. They signed J.J. Watt. They signed James Conner. They traded for Rodney Hudson, another offensive lineman that I think the Raiders should have not gotten rid of. Gruden is a fucking moron. That's a conversation for another day, folks. Um, They also improved their kicker game. They signed Matt Prater, who's been one of the most consistent uh, kickers in the game, dating back to when he was with the Broncos. Then he went to Detroit. Now he's in a dome uh, once again. One of their weaknesses last year was their special teams and their kicker, Zane Gonzalez. Don't knock the kicker signings, folks. But here's the problem with their signings. Can J.J. Watt stay healthy? Can A.J. Green stay healthy? Can James Conner stay healthy? I mean, even if James Conner doesn't stay healthy, they have Chase Edmonds. But Chase Edmonds has never carried a a full load his entire year, his entire career. Um, A.J. Green's been injured for the better part of the last two to three years. They no longer have Larry Fitzgerald, which is fine. I mean, Larry. I mean, we'll see if they resign him. But, um, and then J.J. Watt wasn't injured last year. Not the same player. Hopefully, he does stay healthy. If he does, I mean, you look. You look at their front seven with Chandler Jones, and then you look at Buda Baker up in the secondary. They got rid of Patrick Peterson, who you know, father time comes to all. Um. So these signings could be either hit or miss. They signed a lot of guys with a lot of injury flyers. We'll see how it goes. Um, But I think one of the crucial components here that people keep forgetting is that their head coach is a fucking moron. Cliff Kingsbury could not win with Patrick Mahomes, the most physically talented quarterback that I have ever seen play this game of football. And I've been and I've been watching football now for the better part of the last 15 years, and Patrick Mahomes is a monster. And he was not able to have one winning season with him in at Texas Tech. And now say what you want Say, oh, well, you know, that was college. This is now. They drafted Kyler Murray. He looks legit. Um, and the reason they did not do well last year, last year, in my opinion, is because their head coach is a fucking idiot. There was multiple games where there was game management decisions that blew my fucking mind that a head coach in this league makes decisions like that. Think about it. These are guys that get paid to sit in their office 16 to 20 hours a day to game plan for the opponent and to go through all these permutations of when to kick field goals, when to call timeouts, when to do this and when to do that. And this fucking clown cannot figure it out. For that reason alone, he should be fired. But the reason that he will be fired is because he's not going to make the playoffs again this year. I mean, the division itself is very difficult. I will give him that. Um, but, and I get why they, they got him in there. They wanted to couple him 
with Kyler Murray, an offensive quarterback. But, and and they're getting Kyler Murray help. I mean, A.J. Green, James Conner, traded for Rodney Hudson. Um, I just, I just, I just don't see things going well with Arizona this year. I think there's a lot of what-ifs. And anytime you go into a what-if scenarios in a division that's as stacked as the NFC West, maybe if Arizona was playing in the NFC East, maybe if they were in the in the AFC South, um, this would be a different conversation. Um, but if you look at where Vegas has the Arizona Cardinals, they have the Arizona Cardinals as plus or minus eight wins, which is above the Bears, above the Panthers, above the Falcons, above the Raiders, above the Giants, above the Eagles. Slight shade under the Broncos, which I think is fucking ridiculous. I think the Broncos are going to be a terrible team. Slight shade under the Vikings, Pittsburgh Steelers, uh, Chargers, Dolphins, and uh, Patriots. Now, if you put them in any other division, you could conceivably see them winning 10 games. In the NFC West, not so fast, my friend. And uh, let's go through the schedule here. Uh, key things to note. Um, Kingsbury's on the hot seat. I think everybody knows that. He's going to be coaching for his life. So we might see some more aggressive decisions. I don't know if aggressive is going to necessarily mean good, but we shall see. Cardinals have never beaten Sean McVay's Rams. Um, and uh, that's a very key component. And also, three of their last five home game uh, games are at home. But let's start off. They start off at Tennessee. I think that's an L. Um, at home against Minnesota, I think that's an L. They go to Jacksonville. That's a W. Um, at Los Angeles... That's an L. Um, at San Francisco, that's an L. Right there, I have them starting the season off at 1-4. and four. Uh, There could be... If they start the season off at 1-4, and four, I think um, Kingsbury <laughs> might be out. I don't know. We shall see. Then they got Cleveland at Cleveland. That's another L. That's 1-5 for those of you that are counting at home. Then they play at home against Houston. That's a W. Uh, then they play at home against Green Bay. That's another L. Um, then they play at San Francisco. Uh, that's that's a W. You could flip either of those games. Maybe they win the away game. Maybe maybe they win the home game. Um, at home against Carolina. With a new and revitalized Sam Darnold. I still think that's an, uh, a W. I think that's a W. At Seattle, that's an L. Then they go, So they go into their bye week, in my opinion, with uh, one, two, three. They're four. Four and seven. <laughs> that's, that's pretty terrible. They got a week to prepare for at Chicago. I'll give them the W there. Um... At home against the Rams, uh, I'm going to go with an L. At Detroit, W. Uh, at home against Indianapolis, L. At Dallas, L. 
And then they cap off at home against Seattle. I'm going to uh, say that's that's uh, a W. So let's see how many wins they have here. Uh, Vegas has them as plus or minus eight. Uh, I have them at one, two, three, four, five, six, seven. I have them at seven, a little under Vegas. But like I said... You can see, you can have, the. they could maybe sweep the 49ers. Uh, I can perhaps see them pulling one out against the Rams. Uh, maybe they go to Dallas and beat them. Um, I don't know what the hell the Dallas Cowboys are going to look like in December, in January. Um, uh, maybe they pull out a, a win against the Minnesota Vikings at home. Um but I think I'm kind of in line here with what Vegas is thinking. Seven, eight, perhaps nine wins. I see Arizona falling anywhere between seven and nine wins, to be honest with you. And I see um, the 49ers, Rams, and Seahawks anywhere between uh, 10 to 12 wins. Now, to summarize, folks, I know it's been a long fucking podcast. Um, I know I... S- I picked the 49ers to win. So originally, after before looking at the schedule, I had based off on a, off a talent level alone, the Rams winning the division with the 49ers finishing in second, and Seattle in third, and and Arizona in fourth. But after going through game by game, I got the 49ers in first. I got the Rams in second. I got Seattle in third, with and I got the Ram uh, Arizona Cardinals in fourth. Don't at me, people. I know this shit's gonna be wrong later in life. I know you're gonna ask, you're gonna tell me in in December. Oh well, you were fu- you're a fucking idiot, and you were completely wrong. Yeah, well, I might fucking be wrong, but I'm I'm fucking producing something in May. We'll see where we'll see where where these teams are in in December. Um, we'll see where they are in in September. We don't know who's gonna be injured. We don't know who's gonna be good. Or not. Some of these players might regress. Some of the... Last year, we played an entire fucking season without fans. Let's see when these stadiums are packed how some of these quarterbacks are going to react. Let's see how Kyler Murray is going to react with a packed house in Seattle. Um, let's see what the 49ers do with Trey Lance. Let's see what they do with Jimmy Garoppolo. Let's see if the 49ers even fucking stay healthy. If any of these teams have injury problems, you know, these 10 wins, 11 wins, they go, they drop right down to six, seven wins. Look at the 49ers last year. Um, I told myself I'm going to cap off every podcast with a pick of the week. Some betting picks because I'm a gambling fucking degenerate. I love gambling. You'll soon come to find out that I will live up to this name of the angry degenerate because I love to gamble, I love to talk shit, and I just love things that are bad for my health. <laughs> um, so, my betting picks of the week are the following. We're going to go to baseball here. Um... I got the Dodgers money line today 
and I'm recording this on Friday, February 21st. Um, so if I record this today and uh, this podcast gets pushed out tomorrow, sorry, folks, but I got it time stamped. I'm recording it today. I got the Dodgers money line today, minus 120 mm-hmm. against Alex Wood and the, and the San Francisco Giants. I know the Giants are on a hot streak. I know the Giants have the best record in baseball, but the Dodgers are going up against Alex Wood, former Dodger. I'm sure those guys up in the analytical sphere are fucking crunching up numbers, those fucking nerds, and they're coming up with some permutations, and they're letting the Dodger hitters, even though they've kind of struggled this year, out of no fault of their own because of injuries. I know Alex Wood has a sub-2 ERA, but I just got a feeling that after the Giants hit had uh, 19 runs yesterday against the Cincinnati Reds that I think they're going to come down at earth a little bit and I think the Dodgers are going to win today so take that hammer it minus 120 I'm going to give you a little bit of football and then when I say football I mean soccer um this weekend we also got Manchester United against a struggling Wolves side and I do fucking realize that Manchester United has been struggling as well but anytime you get plus 168 odds with Manchester United against a struggling team that's about that's even lower than mid-table. Their Wolves have had a problem this year simply because of injury history. They lost some players. They lost Diego Jota. Um, take Manchester United money line plus 168. And then I have uh, Milan plus 150 money line against Atalanta in Syria. Uh, For those of you that don't fucking know what Syria is, that is the Italian league. (laughs) Um, uh, And this is AC Milan, not Inter Milan. I got them plus 150. They're going up against an Atalanta, Atalante side that has already clinched Champions League. They have nothing to play for. If they win, lose, or draw... They already got Champions League. Milan needs this win to or a draw, to be honest, to um, make it to the Champions League. They got Juventus and Napoli right on their hooves. Um, so, wow, I said hooves. <laughs> I uh, the yeah, that was that was a weird statement. But I got Milan plus one fifty. I think they're gonna go out there. I think they play up to their competition. Atalanta has nothing to play for, and choose um, them for uh, for the win. Those are my three picks of the day. Once again, Dodgers money line today minus one twenty against the Dodgers. Manchester United this weekend plus one sixty eight against the struggling Wolves Wolves side, and Milan plus one fifty money line against Atalanta. And Juvent- and if you want to spice things up, include include maybe Juventus in your uh, in a parlay. They're minus four hundred, um, but Juventus has to win to have any opportunity at a Champions League, and they need a hope that Milan and Napoli um, lose. So they are on the ringer. You're gonna see a guy like Cristiano Ronaldo, perhaps applying his trade in Europa League next year fucking doubt it I, i'm pretty sure he's gonna force his way out of there um well that's it folks that's my first podcast hopefully you like it it'll be available on all uh places where podcasts are available 
Google Podcast, Apple Podcasts. Um, it'll be on. Uh, it won't be on Amazon Podcasts, but you could find it on Anchor. Um, follow me at the Angry Degenerate on Instagram. Also find me at um, the Angry Jeanette Degenerate on TikTok. I'll tell you what, man. I had a viral video this week um, where I called LeBron James a fucking pussy for uh, uh, flailing his arms and touching his ankle, but also his eye hurts. Look, folks, I fucking understand he got poked in the eye. I don't know how significant the eye poke was, um, but if it was significant enough, I've seen UFC many times. They would have pulled his ass out of the game. The guy is a fucking notorious diver, as they call it in soccer. He's a notorious flopper. That was a clear fucking flop. The guy is 6'8", 6'9", 6'10", whatever the fuck he is. And and he's 260 plus pounds, built like a fucking tank. And, and, and he acts like that? Come on, folks. LeBron James is a fucking pussy. And that is how I'm going to end my first podcast here thank you for listening stay tuned for next week where i will preview the nfc south thank you folks until the next time